Welcome to the Wellness Help Desk with your host, Nikkei Lamodi, certified wellness coach and personal trainer. A wellness podcast focused on providing practical tips on how to curate a healthy lifestyle uniquely for you, where we discuss wellness hot topics with expert guests and have real candid conversations. It's the one-stop shop you need to get the help you've been looking for. Let's dive in. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Wellness Help Desk, episode 14. I'm your host, Nikkei Lamodi, and you all will never guess where I'm recording this podcast episode right now. I'm in my car. No surprise, I've recorded episode in the car before, but I'm in a parking garage at the Battery in Atlanta, and if you are familiar with the Battery, this is where the Brave Stadium is. It's not very busy during the week, obviously, but I just think it's funny that I'm sitting in my car right now recording this podcast episode. So not weird at all, but (laughs) I'm here in Atlanta for a little bit um, and I'm just literally been enjoying being by myself, you all. There's something about solitude that is so refreshing and restores you and also just gives you the time to like reflect on what you're doing. And so I've made some like huge decisions since I've been here, not ready to share them yet, but I feel really good about it and also like nervous at the same time, but know that it's what's best for me and just where I'm at in this current season. So today we're going to be talking about the components of the relationship with yourself and the different components that make up having a healthy relationship with yourself, mainly because the quality of the relationship with yourself is the foundation to having long lasting habits that support you making self-care a lifestyle, right? It's really easy for us to just focus on how to change something or just fix it. We jump straight to the strategy part. How can I make a game plan? How can I fix this and change this? And then we don't really ever stop with just being. We don't stop with just sitting with ourselves for a second. You know, some of the questions we should be asking before jumping into strategy are, hey, is this in alignment with my end goal? Like, does this meet where I'm at in this present season? Do I have the capacity for this right now? Is there a more efficient way that I can go about doing this? But you know what? Who wants to do that? Who wants to look in the mirror? (laughs) who wants to look at themselves internally to see what's lying beneath, right? Like no one likes facing the deepest scars or the thoughts that we would rather hide from the world and ourselves. However, I found that the relationship with yourself is the key to unlocking the freedom as you pursue a sustainable health and wellness lifestyle that you actually enjoy, that comes with ease, that isn't a burden, basically making self-care a lifestyle. Like the clients that improved their relationship with their self that I worked with saw great results. They had greater success with the goals that they set. And in this improved relationship with yourself, you have greater freedom from shame, freedom from unrealistic expectations, freedom from criticalness. And like all of this is possible in an improved relationship with yourself. 
Now, I want to share an example, and it may be a trigger warning, so I do want to say that if you've struggled with an eating disorder, unhealthy weight loss, or any body dysmorphia, you may want to fast forward through the next part of the podcast so that this doesn't um, trigger anything for you, and I just wanted to make sure to provide that warning. So for a very long time, from middle school until through my early 20s, I struggled with my body image, my weight. And this was initiated by comments that came from my stepmom and transpired into disordered eating and body dysmorphia. Now, fast forward to college, I was a collegiate cheerleader and image and weight size were so important. I focused so much on the strategy of losing weight and maintaining my current weight size and not gaining weight all of the years that I cheered. So once I left college, these same thoughts and behavior patterns, they just followed me as very unhealthy behavior patterns do. And at the end of 2018, I was at my most unhealthiest state. My dad had just passed away and I realized that I needed to make a change. And when I say my most unhealthiest state, I mean in all the dimensions that make up your health and wellness. So I started going straight to strategy. That's what I was accustomed to doing and what I've always known. But it wasn't until I started uncovering like the holistic space that I realized that I wanted to love my body and all that it was doing, no matter what stage of life that I was in or what it looked like. And this is where I started the journey of being. Being is you spending time with you. Being is being kind to yourself. Being is extending grace to yourself. And being is listening to what you need physically, emotionally, and mentally. So three areas that I want to talk about today that make up this improved relationship with yourself are self-awareness, self-compassion, and self-trust. Now, I dive deeper into all of these areas in my exclusive wellness program, The Intermission, which is a unique program that provides women who are burnt out on life the tools that they need to create habits that make them a priority again. I'm trying to make self-care a lifestyle, okay? That's like my mission for women. And I just want to briefly touch on these three areas of self-awareness, self-compassion, and self-trust here on the podcast episode right now. And I like to call them the triad of self. With self-awareness, this can be a challenge for a lot of people because they've learned during their childhood to minimize their feelings or what they feel doesn't matter or they're so emotional. However, having the self-awareness to know what is going on in your mind, heart, and body is key. Because if you aren't aware of what's going on, how can you make a clear and informed decision on what to do to support yourself? Like, if you think about it, how do you know what you actually need if you're not even aware of what's going on? All you're doing is making all these sporadic choices, joining these random groups or jumping on the diet train of this diet or whatever it may be, but you're not in tune to be aware of what you need in your heart. So self-awareness is an area that you can grow in. So do you want to begin to grow in this area? Well, here's some things you can do. So you can start keeping tabs on your thought life. You have to know what's going on. And this can be easily done via journaling. Or if you don't like journaling, and that's okay, sometimes I voice record and just brain dump out what it is that is going on in my mind, just getting everything out and listening back to that. 
And another thing you can do is ask a friend or a coach to spot out any strengths or weaknesses that they see. That outside perspective offers an objective reflection of what could be going on in your thought life and also acknowledge ways in which by pointing out the strengths that you can use to support yourself and getting on track towards your end goal, whatever that may look like in supporting self-care as a lifestyle. So the second component of an improved relationship with yourself is self-compassion. And this is one of the hardest things for women to do, including myself, y'all. I'm in that boat. This is an area that I find myself reminding my clients of the most. Like they probably get sick of me saying, extend compassion to yourself, extend compassion to yourself. But I have to point out in those moments when they're not doing that so that they are more aware of it when it happens. So additional work has been done on this topic of self-compassion by Kristen Neff. And she takes a deep dive into the world of self-compassion and the strategies that are available to help you develop this skill. So she recommends a lot of different exercises on her website that is specifically just for growing in self-compassion. But I wanted to just share two of those exercises here. So one of them is taking a self-compassion break. And this can be used at any time of the day or night. And it helps you to remember to evoke the three aspects of self-compassion in the moment that you need it most. There's this audio recording that she has that walks you through those three aspects of self-compassion. And it's really, really powerful and comforting. Um, I've listened to it and I feel in the moment of suffering, when you feel very heavy with that emotion, this guided audio is really, really helpful in bringing a sense of groundedness and peace. The second exercise is changing your critical self-talk. Okay, self-talk is how you're talking to yourself. We all know what critical means. So changing how you're talking to yourself, if you're talking to yourself in a critical way, you'll be acknowledging your self-critical voice and then taking whatever that self-critical voice is saying and reframing its observations in a more friendly way. Over time, you change how you relate to yourself, how you are talking to yourself. This is a skill that you grow over time. If you remember in the mindset episode, I talked about the difference between a fixed and growth mindset. You have to have a growth mindset about these tools. These are things that you build over time. They're skill sets. So don't be hard on yourself if you don't find that you're reframing your self-talk that's critical into something that is more of a friendly objective or just states the facts. Like I feel like sometimes our critical self-talk is pointing out things that are just more than just the facts. Like I ate X, Y, and Z. And then my critical self-talk is you're lazy and don't have self-control. Like what? No, those aren't the facts. The facts are I just ate X, Y, and Z. Like I, it's interesting to me how that's how we talk to ourselves when we would never talk to a friend or a loved one that way. And so I want to back up because I do want to say that if you want to dive deeper into self-compassion, Kristen Neff's website, she has a book as well, is a very helpful resource to take a deep dive into that area if you know that you need it. So the third thing is self-trust, okay? This is a game changer, y'all. Like the amount of decisions that I made and the quality of them changed for the better once I grew my self-trust. 
And according to psychology today, self-trust is the firm reliance, okay, the firm reliance on the integrity of yourself. Worry is an expression of an imagined defense to keep trouble away. And when I read this, I just resonated like, wow, like just trying to keep trouble away, want to maintain this sense of safety. Like that's all we're doing when we're just worrying, 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 right? Trying to keep trouble away. And when we are present, we may feel unprotected, right? When you're in your present moment, whatever it may look like, whatever that season is, you may feel unprotected because there's maybe uncertainty. There may be overwhelm. The challenge, though, is to cultivate a courageous heart that can tolerate increasingly long periods of presence. So how can you choose to trust yourself, to trust your courage, to trust your faith, to trust the reliance on the integrity of who you are as a person over just being comfortable, over the fear and what it's feeding? Like, don't allow for that worry to overtake How can you learn to be courageous enough and cultivate this self-trust of relying firmly on the integrity of who you are as a person? And when I think about how I didn't trust myself very well before the last year and a half, almost two years, I realized how much it was more about the outcome and what other people would think. Like, what if I made the wrong decision? What if my decision negatively affected other people? What if I don't have all the information that I possibly could to make the best choice, the perfect choice? I didn't have the belief that I actually had the answers and not all the answers, but a answer. Sometimes there's just this knack to think that we have to have all of the answers and you don't like you have a answer and that's good enough with the information and knowledge that you have at your disposal. Now I realize that it is never as bad as my brain makes things out to be. Like I can trust and rely on the integrity that I have and who I am as a person. And so if you want to grow in self-trust, first of all, you have to identify your past areas or ways or whatever it may be that you need to forgive yourself and let that go, right? Really forgive Whatever decisions that you made in the past that you feel didn't turn out right or weren't the best decision, like allow for yourself to be forgiven and then look for evidence on how you do make great decisions and then keep making decisions (laughs) to practice your self-trust. Keep making decisions, but it's going to be hard to move forward to practice making decisions if you haven't forgiven yourself for past decisions or whatever that you didn't feel turned out right or the way you anticipated or you're just holding a lot of shame or blame on yourself for. So forgive yourself for that and then find evidence for how you do know how to make decisions, how you can trust yourself and then start making decisions, right? Grow in the area of developing that self-trust through practice and learning and evaluating again. And so these three areas are where you should start before you jump into any strategy, before joining a gym, before trying to try that new diet, before trying to buy that new wellness gadget, like start in the being. Improving the relationship with yourself is not easy and it will feel hard. It's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel scary. 
But as you take each step and you start to see and feel the shifts that occur, you'll not only be proud of yourself, but empowered to keep advocating for yourself, to keep advocating for self-care, to keep advocating for time and solitude, to keep advocating for what you need. In the end, that is my dream. That is my mission, that women will become their own best advocates for their quality of health and well-being without guilt, without shame, without criticalness, and that they will start to make self-care a lifestyle. This is the work that we do in the intermission. This program is for the woman that is ready to fall in love with herself, cheer herself on, and fight for her needs to be met. This program is for the woman who is ready to feel proud of who she is and yet that she's still able to care for those in her life that bring her joy. She's not neglecting caring for the people she loves. She's still able to do both. And this program will not leave you the same as you came in. I guarantee you that. If you are ready to be this woman, you know that you are ready to do the work, I want you to schedule a consultation call with me via the link in the show notes to be one step closer to a transformed life. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening in. If you enjoyed the episode today, head over and leave me a review. This helps others find the podcast and be one step closer to curating their healthy lifestyle. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Nikkei underscore Lamodi. And if social isn't your thing, join my beautiful newsletter community via the link in the show notes. To learn more about exclusive one-on-one wellness coaching, head over to rndaywellness.com. As always, remember to give yourself grace. Grace.